you're listening to The New Normal with Lucas Rosenfield. This is some pretty disturbing news, uh, basically relating to the rise of a new uh, syndrome that is similar to Kawasaki disease. And we've seen a new study coming out of Italy, which is basically saying that there's a very strong link between uh, this Kawasaki-like uh, disease and coronavirus. So this is from Bloomberg. Uh, the coronavirus may have triggered a 30-fold jump in cases of a serious in cases of a serious but rare pediatric inflammatory disease, according to an Italian study that provides an ominous warning to other pandemic-affected nations about the risk to children. A detailed analysis from Bergamo, the center, the epicenter of the Italian COVID-19 outbreak, found 10 cases of a Kawasaki disease-like illness in children adding to reports of about 90 similar cases from New York and England. Uh, Kawasaki disease is a rare condition that typically affects children younger than five. It causes blood vessels to become inflamed and swollen. Typical symptoms include fever and rash, red eyes, dry or cracked lips or mouth, redness on the palms of hands and soles of the feet, and swollen glands. While children remain at lower risk than older adults of developing severe complications after being infected with COVID-19 causing SARS-CoV-2 virus, the research published Thursday in the Lancet Medical Journal shows that their risk isn't zero. Cases may occur in other countries affected by the pandemic, a risk that should be taken into consideration in formulating guidance on when and how children should be allowed to mingle. In our experience, only a very small proportion of children infected with uh, coronavirus develop symptoms of Kawasaki disease, said Annalisa uh, Gervasoni, a pediatrician at Bergamo's uh, hospital, Papa Giovanni XXIII, <laughs> and one of the study's authors in an email statement. However, it is important to understand the consequences of the virus on children, particularly as countries around the world grapple with plans to start relaxing social distancing policies. Typically, about a quarter of children affected experience cardiac complications, but the condition is rarely fatal if it's treated appropriately. It's not known what triggers the condition, but it's thought to be an abnormal immune overreaction to an infection. The COVID-related cases should be classified as a Kawasaki-like disease, the authors said, as the symptoms in the 10 patients with the inflammatory condition they diagnosed during the pandemic were different and more severe compared with the 19 Kawasaki disease cases they'd observed in the previous five years. Also, the patients uh, treated during the pandemic didn't respond as well to the standard therapy, intravenous immunoglobulin, uh, requiring additional steroid medication to counter an aberrant immune response or cytokine storm, most likely triggered by the coronavirus. While the incidence of cases during the pandemic appeared about 30 times higher than usual, the Kawasaki-like ailment probably afflicts no more than one in a thousand children exposed to the SARS-CoV-2 virus, the author said. We are starting to see case reports of children presenting in hospitals with signs of Kawasaki disease and other areas hit hard by the COVID-19 pandemic, said Lorenzo the Dantangia, <laughs> co-author of the study. Our study provides the first clear evidence of a link between the SARS 
COV2 infection and this inflammatory condition. And we hope it will help doctors, doctors around the world as we try to get to grips with this unknown virus. Well, fuck. <laughs> that is really shit. Um, so, yeah, look, uh, although this was like the first major study on it, um, we've seen uh, apparently three kids uh, in the state of New York in America died. Uh, that's what Governor Andrew Cuomo said. And the cases in uh, various other states around America, as well as a bunch of European countries. So it's not just New York and England. Uh, there's some cases being reported in France, Switzerland, Spain, and Britain, uh, where apparently only one death, though, has been attributed to this new syndrome. Uh, but yeah, look, this is pretty terrifying. And it's important that, you know, we do take this into account uh, when we're making our policy decisions. And look, they do mention that. But you know, we need to think about this when you're talking about schools, because, you know, if like everyone gets the virus, right, say there are a thousand people in school, everyone gets the virus, that means a kid there's going to die. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's something that really needs to be taken into consideration. And it's something that probably a lot of people didn't think about, especially those people who are saying, oh, no, but kids are essentially immune, um, which just isn't true. <laughs> so, look. Uh, we need to understand that there are many health risks uh, that are still there for kids, even though they have a lower chance of, uh, you know, developing any serious symptoms uh, with regards to coronavirus. There could be potentially uh, some other consequences attached to it. And that is something that, you know, uh, needs to be taken into account. Although uh, Kawasaki uh, disease is normally for younger kids, so around uh, kids who are less than five years old. Um, look, you know, for preschools, for primary schools, th this is something that we need to uh, we need to think about uh, very seriously when we're talking about trying to open these things up. And you know, we're seeing the government ministers, uh, Anki Mocheka, backtrack and saying, okay, no, you know, we're delaying our announcement, uh, doing more consultations uh, before you know we we put forward our, our final plan. Um, but uh, look, it's going to be very, very difficult to restart the school year. It's going to be very challenging. And, you know, it's not something that we're just dealing with here. Uh, in America, they're already cancelling some classes for university for uh, their fall. So that would be um, our sort of springtime because obviously they go on holiday now. You know, they have a long summer so they'll only get back like later in the year in September, but they're really canceling some of those classes. So look, realistically, it's going to be very difficult for us to go back to school and university for this year. Maybe next year, uh, you know, we can start again. But right now, it's it's a it's a very precarious situation that we're in with regards to education, and who knows what the best. Uh, you know, approaches because some countries like America, where you know most people have access to the internet, and maybe they don't have as big of a problem with regards to the digital divide as we have, where you know many many kids don't have any sort of laptops, or you know if they have a smartphone, then they might be sharing that with another family member, and you can't really work off a smartphone. Um, so look, we have a huge problem here that uh, it's difficult for us to navigate compared to more developed countries where, you know, uh, people generally have like a laptop or iPad or something like that. So, yeah, I, I honestly don't know uh, how they're going to balance it. And, you know, like all things, it's a, it's a balancing act, uh, trying to find a way that makes the most sense. So, uh, 
look, it very well might just be metrics this year. Um, but even then, like uh, Gauteng and the Western Cape are saying, okay, no, we can we can do it. Like we can make sure that our schools have the PPE. But you know, a lot of poorer schools uh, in uh, provinces like Limpopo, where you know a lot of schools there just don't have any of the basic resources that they need. How are they going to cope? And a lot of schools are actually getting looted at the moment. Uh, and it's, it's, you know, how are they going to rebuild them? Uh, we saw some schools in KZN burned down, right? You know, people literally just went there, uh, robbed the school, maybe, you know, took the computers or some other equipment, and then just burned it down. You know, if you went to that school, what are you going to do? I mean, <sighs> you know, there are a lot of things that people don't take into consideration. and. Although it's going to be inevitable that some people are going to get left behind here, uh, you know that's that's that is just the, the very harsh reality. You know we can't just uh, leave behind hundreds of thousands of people because, look, to be frank, it's the white kids, the kids who mature, uh, primarily go to the former Model C schools um, in the cities and the towns. Those schools can deal with it, right? Those schools have the resources, and a lot of those schools are still you know, majority white or disproportionately white. So we need to make sure that, you know, it's not the case where all the white kids get through fine. And then a lot of the poorer communities who are generally people of color in South Africa, you know, we've got to make sure that those people aren't left behind. And, you know, we have such a huge problem in terms of uh, the education inequality that you know if we see like we compare white kids metric results uh to uh black kids metric results and like for subjects like math there's such a huge difference there and that is a huge huge problem and you know until we fix our schools that's really not going to change to be honest if we have the case where former model c schools are just predominantly white where they're getting a better education where they have the resources they are going to do better you know, that, that's just the way things are going to work until they fix it. And, you know, it's, they're not going to fix it now in the next three months, that much is for sure. So, look, it's going to be interesting to see what plan they come up with. Um, I think we've got a bit off topic here talking about the schools, but it's, it, it's terrifying to think about the amount of people who are really struggling, not just financially, but also in terms of their education. And... We need to make sure that as many people, you know, can get through the school year as possible because we need people to get good education. We need people to pass one trick. And our, our pass rates are shocking, guys. You know, it, it's very easy to pass on the face of things. You know, you need like 30% for most of your subjects. But we still have so many people who are failing and we need to address that ASAP. There's so many things that we need to address. You know, we have a crisis in basically every, uh, you know, sector of society. But... Yeah, you know, we we got to approach it. We can't just give up and say, oh, it's too much. You know, we really have to tackle inequality, wealth inequality, education inequality, racial inequality, because it's, it's very prevalent in our society still. And it's something that needs, uh, you know, a lot of change before we can be happy with where we're at. So, look, this disease could be a potential uh, wild card in terms of the school's plans. But, yeah, we, you know, we'll have to see. Uh, how it develops. I'm sure there'll be more studies on it in the next few weeks and see uh, if there's like an easy way to treat it or, you know, uh, getting the, uh, you know, the 
complete details in terms of how it comp- how it relates and correlates to coronavirus in kids. So look, it's definitely something that we need to keep an eye on and something that we probably should be factoring into our plans.